Hello, my name is Owen Kaler. And I'm Donald McMaster. And today we're going to be talking about the Spanish flu. To start off, the Spanish flu was an unusual deadly influenza pandemic caused by the H1N1 influenza A virus. So to start off, uh, in April 1917, before the pandemic started, the U.S. entered World War I with 378,000 in the armed services. Around June 1917, a draft is established to increase the number of soldiers' army begins, in, begins training recruits at 32 large camps, each housing 25,000 to 55,000 soldiers. And then in March 1918, cots set up in gymnasiums for flu patients. Outbreaks of flu-like illness are first detected in the United States. More than 100 soldiers at Camp Funson in Fort Riley, Kansas became ill with flu. Within a week, n numbers of flu cases quadrupled and sporadic flu activity spread unevenly throughout the U U.S., Europe, and possibly Asia over the next six months. So after that, during the April of 1918, the first mention of influenza appears April 5th, weekly public health report. The report informs officials of 18 severe cases and three deaths in Haskell, Kansas. Then in May 1918, hundreds of thousands of soldiers traveled across the Atlantic each month as they were deployed for World War I. In September 1918, Seattle police officers walking on the street with masks covering their faces. The second wave of the flu emerges at Camp Devens, United States Army training camp just outside of Boston. And at a naval facility in Boston, a second wave is highly fatal and responsible for most of the deaths attributed to the pandemic. These cases became to be isolated at home or in a city hospital. By the end of September, more than 14,000 flu cases are reported at Camp Devers and equaling about one quarter of total camp, resulting in 757 deaths. A month later, nurses assembled flu masks and the 1918 flu pandemic virus kills an estimated 1,905,000 Americans during October alone. In the fall of 1918, the U.S. experiences a severe shortage of professional nurses because of the deployment of large numbers of nurses to military camps in the U.S. and abroad and the failure to use trained African-American nurses. Chicago chapter of the American Red Cross issues urgent calls for volunteers to help the nurses help the nurse that ill. Philadelphia is hit hard with the pandemic flu virus. More than 500 corpse, corpses await burial, some for more than a week. Cold storage plants are used as temporary morgues, and manufacturer of trolley carts donate 200 package, packaging crates for use of coffins. Chicago, along with many other cities across the United States, closes theaters, movies, movie houses, and night schools and prohibit public gatherings. San Francisco's Board of Health requires any person serving the public to wear masks and issues strong recommendation to all residents to wear masks in public. New York City reports a 40% decline in shipyard productivity due to the flu illness in the midst of the World War. During November 1918, American soldiers returning home on a large ship 
the end of World War One enables a resurgence of influenza as people celebrate Armistice Day, and the soldiers began to de- demobilize. Salt Lake City's officials placed quarantine signs on the front of rear doors of 2,000 homes where occupants have been struck with the flu. By the end of World War I, the U.S. military grew in size from 378,000 in April 1918 to 4.7 million soldiers. Then in December, public health officials began education programs and publicly publicity about the dangers of coughing and sneezing, careless disposal of nasal discharges. The Committee of the American Public Association encourages storage, stores and factories to stagger opening and closing hours for people to walk to work when possibly and when, when possible instead of using public transport to prevent overcrowding. During January 1919, ambulance demo with two Red, Car- Red Cross nurses, the third wave of influenza occurs in the winter and spring of 1919, killing many more. Third wave subsides in the summer. In San Francisco, 1,800 flu cases and 101 deaths are reported in the first five days of January. Many San Antonio citizens became, begin complaining that new flu cases aren't being reported and that it is fueling another influenza surge. 706 cases of influenza and 67 deaths are reported in New York City, triggering fear of recurrence and of the severe flu activity. Trustees of the Boston City Hospital asked the mayor for a special appropriation of $3,000 to study the treatment of influenza. Then in February, influenza appears to be nearly eradicated in New Orleans as the number of reported cases drops. Illinois passes a bill to create a one-year course to become a practical nurse, an effort to address the nursing shortage the pandemic has exposed. In April 1919, Eversize Peace Conference, while negotiating the end of the World War with other world leaders, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson collapses. Some historians speculate he was weak from influenza, which is still rampart in Paris. So that was a little timeline of how it affected the U.S. Now we're going to move on to the main part of how it affected the rest of the world. Uh, so starting, the many people speculate that the Spanish flu originated in Spain and it transferred out through, throughout the world rapidly. Outbreaks of the flu occurred in nearly every inhabited part of the world, first in ports, then spreading from city to city along the main transportation routes. India is believed to have suffered at least 12.5 million deaths during the pandemic. The disease reached distant islands in like the South Pacific, including New Zealand and Samoa. The first wave of 1918 pandemic occurred in the spring and was generally mild. The sick who experienced such as typical flu-like symptoms as chills, fevers, and fatigueness usually recovered after several days and the number of ports where death was low. But seeing that more people around on this outside area around Spain and they're near soldiers during the war, it spread rapidly because the places that they were staying weren't sanitary or safe for them to be quarantining with each other. The second wave, or 
Yeah, second highly contagious wave of influenza appeared with a vengeance in the fall of that same year. Victims died within every or within hours or days of developing symptoms. Their skin turning blue and their lungs filling with fluid that caused them to suffocate. And then just in one year in 1918, the average life expectancy in America plummeted to a dozen years. So, some of the most takeaways from this was that the speculated that it was originated in Spain. Uh, the first wave of the pandemic was extremely lethal. A lot of people, most of these people that died of this were mainly people in cities, soldiers that were in the war, mostly, mostly during World War One, is when the first wave broke out. And here it says it knocked about two million of Spain's army down, which is extremely lethal comparing to they only had around like four to six million soldiers. So it knocked them down from six million to four, four to two million. Um, the next is that most of the people that were infected died. So most of the people that would have been di diagnosed with Spanish flu would have to quarantine away from most other people. But later this would lead that even though them leaving quarantining by themselves, they would still eventually die because this disease was extremely lethal and it was caused by the H1N1 influenza A. The last takeaway that we have is how it changed the course of World War I. So many soldiers that would have been diagnosed, they knocked out other soldiers that were near them, which this led to a rapid spread throughout the armies. And then lots of people couldn't fight. So this leads with other other of the countries that were in World War One, mostly like the United States and others. Uh, lots of... Hey everybody, uh, our sponsorship for this podcast is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an amazing app that helps you buy tickets in the easiest way possible. So please, if you ever need to buy tickets to any event, baseball game, any sport, sporting event at all, Click the, click the link in our description. Use the promo code Kenny's Mom to get $20 off your first purchase today. All right, we're back here with uh, some Spanish flu in Spain background. The 1918 to 1919 influenza pandemic was the most devastating epidemic in modern history. Here we'll be reviewing the epidemiological and historical data about the 1918-1919 influenza epidemic in Spain. Spain remained neutral during World War One. As as the end of World War One approached in 1918, the country faced a difficult social and political situation. <clears throat> the first public news of the epidemic appeared in Madrid on the 22nd of May 1918. The influenza epidemic was a headliner in Madrid's ABC's newspaper. The people started to refer to the epidemic as the Spanish Lady because of the misinformation surrounding the news about the origin of the epidemic it is usually accepted that because spain was a neutral country in world war one for the freedom of the press in spain is great greater than that it allied the countries in and in germany
Uh, and then we'll start here with the autumn and winter in Spain in 1918. The first or the second period of the epidemic appeared slowly in many parts of Spain in September 18 or 1918, which peaked in October and waning in December 1918. Public health authorities acknowledged the important role that the railway transportation system might play in the spread of the epidemic. Uh, there were hard challenges when trying to implement public health control measures. And public health officials in Viliodad, Spain, argued that with local authorities about officially declaring that there was an ongoing epidemic because local holidays were at their peak. Uh, the town in Zamorora had one of the highest mortality rates in Spain, reaching a peak of 10.1% in October of 1918. And then physicians and public health officials suggested several measures to prevent influenza transmission. These measures included cleaning and disinfecting the mouth and nostrils with hydrogen peroxide or a mixture of oil and methanol, avoiding meetings or gatherings in closed settings, avoiding direct contact with ill people, eating a healthy diet, walking often in fresh open air, ventilating homes, and rest, resting as needed. A Spanish health system was overwhelmed and did not provide an efficient response. Many small villages scattered around the country lacked medical assistance. And then because of the high mortality rate, funeral homes and churches were besieged. Some Spanish cities ran out of coffins. The mayor of Barcelona requested the army to help transportation and burial of the dead because of the city hall workers on duty were scarce. And then Spanish newspapers of that time usually devoted the front page or pages to obituaries during the peak of the second epidemic period. As many as four or five pages were used for the obituaries. So now we're moving on to the winter and spring in Spain of 1919. The third and final period of the influenza ap epidemic in Spain occurred from January through June 1919. The severity and duration of this period was milder than those of the second epidemic period, primarily because it affected the areas of Spain where the first epidemic occurred, and it spared the majority of the area that were most affected by the second period. Mortality rates ranged from 0.07 to 1.4 deaths per thousand inhabitants. Uh, the total numbers of persons who died of influenza in Spain were officially estimated to be 147,114 in 1918 and 21,231 in 1919 and 17,825 17, in 1920. Uh, if a common epidemiological index for the deaths due to pneumonia or and influenza is used based on official Mor morbidity and mortality figures, it is likely that it is greater than 260,000 Spaniards died, close to, close to 75% of these figures. It is likely that uh, these persons died during the second period of the epidemic. 45% died in October 1918. Uh, the mortality pattern associated with the Spanish influenza that was seen elsewhere was also seen in Spain. Uh, mortality rates were higher among persons aged less than one year, and among those aged 25 to 29 years. So overall, the mortality rate in 1918 was the highest in Spain in the 20th century. The population growth 
net gain of inhabitants was negative in Spain only twice during the 20th century. Uh, and in 1939, related to the Spanish Civil War net gain, uh, Murray, recently Murray, estimated that excess mortality associated with the 1919 to 1920 influenza pandemic. So now that uh, the Spanish flu is now over, uh, officials are now seeing how their people that were dying throughout their life, most of the causes were because of the Spanish flu and how deadly it was. Uh, there's a graph here that shows us the mortality rates in Spain from 1900 to 1970. Uh, it's, it starts in 1900 with about like 30,000 deaths. And then when we get up towards like from 1915 to 1918, it's up near like 32,000. So you can see a, a max growth that the people are dying and you could like after 1918 to like 1933 there's a drop off and then it, it rises a little bit again up to around 16,000 and then now that we're getting towards 1969 it drops off to about 5,000 people all right so now we'll be talking about what we found interesting about the spanish flu Garner, what did you think was interesting about this? Uh, it was just the way that they, it impacted the First World War and how it limited the amount of material that each country could like transport between and the amount of soldiers they had available. What did you think was interesting? Oh. Um, I found it interesting that people's lives were still affected to like 40 to 50 years after this all happened. Uh, I just think it's I think I just think it's crazy how one little flu breakout caused so many deaths throughout like everywhere in the world from Spain to the US to India. I just think it's it's just crazy how all this happened and it just kept affecting people throughout their lifetime. And like studies were showing like that that if people were dying in war most some of the causes were even from the Spanish flu up to like 40 years after that happened um I just I don't know that's crazy to me anything else you want to add no that's pretty good all right uh I'm Owen Kaler I'm Garner McManister and that was our podcast on the Spanish flu thank you for listening